Welcome to Raising the New Earth. I'm Brooke. And I'm Noah. We are both mothers and holistic nutritionists, health coaches here to share our experiences and engage in new perspectives in health, food, nature, consciousness, and spirituality, all through the greater lands of motherhood. This podcast is here to call us to higher levels of consciousness and tap into a greater potential for ourselves, our children, and humanity as a whole. We explore the role we can individually and collectively play to birth, nourish, and co-create a more beautiful world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Raising the New Earth podcast. I am your host, Noah Dory, and today we have a special episode. The episode um, is named currently Depression and Mental Health in Glamorous Hollywood. Uh, the reason for this episode was brought about um, a recent post that I came across about um, it entailed a, a famous person in Hollywood that has gone through tremendous turmoils in their career as far as depression and mental health. And so I decided to uh, break the bubble of Hollywood a little bit for those that are not aware and for those that are aware, just provide more resources of what can be done instead of what is not being done right now. So it is interesting to see that, you know, Hollywood is all about the the image of people walking the red carpet, the glamorous lives of actors and actresses and everybody that's involved in the business. Uh, not so glamorous as casting director or producers, but you know, those that get to be on stage and say their thank you speeches, um, the Grammys, the Emmys, the SAG Awards, all of that. What we don't see, however, is that in the entertainment industry, we have to triple that number of those that live with mental illness. So it is said to have 19.1% of U.S. adults um, that struggle with mental health. So that means 40, about 47.6 million people live with some sort of mental illness. And in Hollywood, it's three times that number. Um, so while it, it is really ironic and an oxymoron, while arts and entertainment can transcend and so much beauty and emotions and benefit our well-being, you know, when you listen to a song that takes you somewhere else, um, somewhere better than where you are at right now, or when you see a film that really touches the fabric of your soul and that elevates your spirit. So it is really ironic that also the ones that we don't see, like the tech and the tech workers in production, are in fact suffering. There has been studies uh, done in United Kingdom, North America, and Australia that show the rates of suicide. Uh, suicidal thinking, depression, anxiety, and substance abuse are significantly higher among entertainment industry professionals than general population, like we just said. And, and those studies were conducted pre-pandemic, just to let you know, post-pandemic, the, the, the numbers are, are a lot higher. If, if you're asking yourself, why is it that the entertainment industry has so many people that suffer with mental health challenges it is it is in fact a high risk business where you don't know there's a lot of uncertainty there's a job insecurity 
there are brutal hours, there is a certain pressure to have a certain beautiful, almost perfected image of you all the time. And with that comes a lot of inward insecurity and body image and the idea that I have to look a certain way or I have to portray a certain image in order for me to keep being hired. And that is just a lie. That is a lie. I mean, showrunners and and creative beings needing to um, depend on sleeping pills, um, actors and actresses, singers needing to take SSRIs, Prozac, and antidepressants. And we're going to talk about them later with the side effects being death and suicidal thoughts. And so it is really, it is really insightful to look at the reason why one would want to be part of the entertainment industry is to be filled with fulfillment and creativity that can touch and tell a story and be shared with the world. But with this path comes a really, a, a real uncertainty, right? You go from audition to audition. You don't know if you're going to get the job. You hear more no's than yes. I remember um, when I first came to Hollywood and um, I was introduced to this manager and he looked at me and he said, you're not do- drop dead gorgeous. And I told him, and, and you are? So that was a little insight to what was ahead uh, in our partnership. So, you know, someone just looks at you and says, you're not drop dead gorgeous. Like what gives you, what audacity do you have? What gives you uh, the permission to critique who I am or who I appear to be in your eyes? right? Because everybody sees something different according to the eyes that they're seeing it through. So that's just, you know, to let you know, and I've, and I've had that since I was a child, I was doing auditions since I was very little. I was six years old. Um, I started singing at, at that tender age and, you know, going to auditions and people are not afraid. They're not holding back from critiqu- critiquing how you look, how you sound, how you appear, how you walk. You're not tall enough. You're not young enough. You're not brunette enough. You're not blonde enough. You're not thin enough. You're not fat enough. There is no, there, there is no satisfying the Hollywood critique because their job is to critique. And so for me, and we're going to talk about it later, for me, finding spirituality in this crazy business that I'm still part of has been my anchor. That, that has been the path that really kept my sanity and allowed me to look at things from a perspective that I wasn't aware of before. It's not about me. I'm the vessel for the gift that I was gifted with, telling a story, singing a song, sharing my talent that I was born with. And so when I hear a no, for me, it's a not right now, but for others that are in higher positions and in the in the limelight all the time, not knowing what's ahead can cause anyone a lot of stress and anxiety and constant competitions with others, how she looks like, how he looks like, being subjected to being judged, like I said before, and measured against others that may have this job if you don't appear to be X, Y, Z. 
And when you do find work, you spend long hours on the set. It is not a nine to five. It is more like a four to midnight. And you do miss time spending spending quality time with your family and other important relationships. So there there is a lot of um there's a lot of stress on your immediate community and the immediate handling of your day-to-day life. And so finding a a, a healer, a practitioner knowing what it is that you can do to enhance your your personal stability, your personal anchor, your um your homeostasis from within is really 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 important. And I feel like we need to do it as parents and we need to do it as 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 adults in this society. When I um when I dug deeper into doing this episode, I I couldn't help but thinking that um, some of the most positive influencers in this industry um, ended up shooting themselves, killing themselves, uh, and and so on and so forth. Like I know that on in 1942, the man um, who wrote the music "Pack Your Troubles in Your Old Kit Bag and Smile, Smile, Smile" took his own life while he was wearing a uniform of a home guard um, and shot himself in the heart using his rifle. Um, when the comedian Robin Williams was you know, found in his house um, being hanged in California in August 2014, it was a really hard and sad time in the world because he was, you know, a, a funny man. He always brought a smile to our faces on, on the numerous films and, and, and roles that he portrayed. And yet he put an end to his life. Um, at first it, it was alleged that depression contributed to him putting an end to his life, but his widow um, actually said that that was not the reason why he, he, he took his own life, but he had, a, uh, he, he, had a disease um, known as Lewy body dementia, and that death, um, that death, uh, toxicology reports confirmed that antidepressant caffeine and whatever was found in the body was on therapeutic dose level. That indicated that he did not deliberately overdose himself to commit suicide. But hey, if he was an antidepressant, they have major side effects including you wanting to kill yourself. So just because the FBI approves something and look, FBI approved the Zempic and look at how many cases do we see ending up in the hospital, right? Just because the FBI approved something doesn't mean it is approved for your own body, your own mitochondria, your own bioterrain, your own psychological wiring. So what if the FBI approved, FDA approved? So what? Right. And so when the news of Robin Williams killing himself um, spread in the and around, you know, the world, it was really sad because he was a funny man. He was the funny man of Hollywood. And 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 because of the complicated issues of depression, suicide and fame, he, you know, he decided to he, he couldn't handle it anymore. Right. And we we heard about other struggles in the industry from 
the recent death of Matthew Perry from Friends. He was found dead, I think, in his bathtub or jacuzzi. And he has written a book about his addiction to alcohol and painkillers. And he described how he almost died in two occasions as a result of his drug abuse. So you have to you have to ask yourself, like, what what brings a person to have such a chemical dependency on 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 pills that makes a person feel numb, right? He was in and out of rehab about 15 times and, you know, until he was found dead just recently. And, and he, he was quoted many times saying that people think that addiction is a choice, but it is not. And it was two years after he, he was filmed in a beautiful, beautiful conversation in, in Canada sharing uh, his new, his memoir, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. And when I looked at that video, it's available on YouTube, he said that at 14, he had his own drink. And he said that once he drank a whole bottle with his friends, he, there is a thought that came to his head where he said, oh, this is how normal people feel like every day. So I ask you, what is normal? We are supposed to feel. We are supposed to feel. We are not supposed to numb. But we are also supposed to be armed to have this emotional resiliency to protect us. Right? And Matthew Perry says that this disease that, you know, he calls it gets worse and worse as we get older. And that just tells us we have to nip it in the butt. Right? And he also mentioned something really troublesome. He said that w when he was 30 days old, he was very colicky. And as a baby, his parents took him to the doctor and the doctor prescribed him a highly addictive uh, medicine, phenobarbital, uh, fin uh, it's called. And so he said he attested to the fact that people laughed when they saw him as a baby because he was just stoned. So nothing on the parents, but just because a doctor in a white coat prescribes something to you does not mean you have to take it. And in fact, if that doctor doesn't tell you that you should seek therapy or refer you to a practitioner that knows mental health, then he's, he or she are probably not the right doctors for you, right? And we know that antidepressants were invented in the 1950s. And since then, there are many, many more uh, in different types of medications. And today, they're most frequently prescribed medications in the United States. So my question is, who is making money on those? Right? Who is making money on those? And why do I need to take it? They are very strong medication. And I know that healthcare providers prescribe them to treat different conditions from mood disorder to um, sleeping and bipolar and a typical depression, seasonal affective disorder. And some of those disorders can be treated naturally. And in fact, most of them, if not all of them can be treated naturally, but it takes the desire, it takes consistency, and it takes finding the right practitioner that is compassionate to help you. They are one type of treatment for depression 
they are, I will never recommend antidepressant to anyone. More than one in 10 people take antidepressants and the use is, is been increasing worldwide year by year by year. What happens is that antidepressants, the SSRI, they change the way your brain uses certain neurotransmitters. These are chemicals that better regulate the mood and behavior. They affect serotonin, uh, norepinephrine, and dopamine, right? These are all happy neurotransmitters that are um, that contribute to someone's stable mood. But there are side effects that we don't seem to care to look deep into, which are suicidal thoughts and behavior. Just look at all the cases we just named, and there's so many more. Antidepressant discontinuation syndrome, whatever that is, and overdose, and gastrointestinal bleeding. Let's not forget that, right? So even though the FDA has approved antidepressants for bulimia, uh, panic disorder, PTSD, social anxiety disorder, I really beg you to use your critical mind and and just look at other ways where you can deal with that because that dependency on those SSRIs is not easy to get off of, nor does it really solve the root cause of what makes someone depressed because we all have our individual stories. We all have our, our, our upbringing, we all have our fears, you know, this is normal, this is normal. Smiling in front of the camera and walking the red carpet, you know, looking flawless, it is not normal. It's not normal. What's normal is being affected by the world turmoils, is being affected by someone's sadness. But we have to increase our emotional resiliency in order to be able to take it in, but not so deep in that we can't shake it off. Jim Carrey, I love I loved hearing him speak, especially in recent years. He made a career out of making people laugh, right? His humor, he said his humor was born out of desperation of growing up with unemployed father and mother that was, you know, didn't function as a mother. And he opened to the press since, um, his depression kind of, you know, broke out in 2009. And he said that he suffered from emotional issues since he was a child. And he said that he, he started taking Prozac, but it did not help ease the depression. And he also made it, it also made it worse. And though, and so he turned to spirituality, keeping a sense of purpose, avoiding drugs and alcohol and applying the changes to his lifestyle and mindset. And that's exactly what I'm doing with my clients at the mental health facility, I'm not in a hurry to give them SSRI. I am in a hurry to figure out what exactly is going on, what it, what is the root cause of their mental instability, right? And he also said something, Jim Carrey, he said, he said, being depressed is really the person is in need of deep rest. And I love that because you know, the depression that some of us may feel come about um, in a way that your body has, is communicating with you, right? The body is saying, hey, I need a pause. I need a change. I need, I need something. So our job is to listen to our bodies. And just like I tell my kiddos, 
the body may not speak in your language, but it speaks a language. And we have to listen to it. And we have to see how we can figure out what it is that it really needs and not what I can numb it with, right? And we have to look at the current uh, current uh, pharmaceutical treatments. When we look at treatment option, we need to look at the whole individual with unique capacities to make sure that we we the treatments don't stuff our natural capabilities and comp- and capacities. And that's what I feel pharmacotherapy is about. Just hey, here's the pill. Good luck to you. You haven't treated the issue at all. And you are bringing about major side effects to the person's life that you will probably shake off of you when the person is dead or have suicidal thoughts, right? Even ADHD, stimulants that are used in ADHD, for example, you know, may help symptoms short-term, but the long-term, they're really down-regulating the body's natural ability to produce those neurotransmitters that are responsible for motivation and the ability to think outside the box and overall creative expression, especially in children, right? And so the real crisis is the crisis of faith. The real crisis is the crisis of the wisdom and perfection within ourselves and the universe and using westernized ways to assess and label a child or an adult is really reductionistic in nature. And it doesn't take into consideration the gifts and the resources that we, and they already healed part within us that we need to make sure they're shining through. We need to make sure that they need to be allowed to be seen. I don't want a child in a box. I don't want a child that listens 100% of the time. I want a child that can daydream and can look at the, at, at, at the window because this is where nature is. We're not meant to sit in a classroom for six, seven, or eight hours. We're meant to move around. We're not meant to be in artificial lights day in and day out. We're meant to be outside. We're from nature. We come back to nature and we die in nature. Right. And so we have to remember the miraculous beings that we are within us. And 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 to tell you the truth, 99% of the mental health clients that are admitted to the mental health facility were already on prescriptions such as Adderall or lithium before they got admitted to the facility, just telling you about the the efficacy of those um, pharmaceuticals, right? So we have to understand that these pharmaceuticals drugs shut down the entire network of pain control so that the pain becomes an inevitable result of being on these medications, right? So some of the examples, I mean, ADHD is one close example of mine because I do have some family members that their parents decided or, you know, to give them something. But we have to understand that ultimately mental health needs to be looked at holistically. Connection is the source of well-being. What disconnection does the child or adult feel? What do you need more of? What are you afraid of doing in your life that you're not doing right now? What is that discord? These are questions that we have to answer for ourselves, especially as adults. 
this is, I believe, a symptom of not being fully connected to who you truly are. There is a disconnection from community. And when I say community, I don't mean a drinking buddy. When I say community, I don't mean party community. I mean community of someone that you can really, really talk to, that you feel can see the depths of your soul, right? And with that isolation that we have experienced, it, it, it allows our minds to go astray because we didn't put our energy into other people. One of the things that they say about when we feel down or depressed, one of the things we need to think about is to be of service to others, right? To, to, to connect to other people through the service of others or moving our body. When you move your body, you create that endorphins, you create some more neurotransmitters, especially if you go in the sun and you create, you know, other um, happy hormones for you. So mental health is about the need to connect in a holistic way and holistic way. And it can't be achieved only through pharmaceuticals. It's the over-identification of, of the self with the mind. And the mind, as I say to all my clients, is a very dangerous place. So if you stay in the mind and you analyze your thoughts and you reanalyze your thoughts and re-re-re-re-re-analyze your thoughts, bring it down, right? Bring it down, parasympathetic nervous system. Bring it down, take a few breaths, use neurofeedback, use meditation apps, use Headspace, just Google free meditation apps. I use an app, free app called Breathe. A few cycles of breathing, you're already going to feel better. And doing that a couple of times a day, yeah, you got yourself a winning uh, strategy. This, this is something that we need to do more of. So some questions that we need to ask ourselves, like why do we trust the, the pharmaceuticals and only pharmaceuticals, right? Pharmaceuticals have their place. It can be possibly a Band-Aid when you need until you figure things out from the root cause. I can attest to myself when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto thyroiditis and I, I needed to get pregnant. That was in the way until I find my holistic way. I had to use thyroid medications. And while I was using it and, and I figured out a different way of healing my body, then I went off those medications. I no longer needed them. So it has its place, but this is not the only answer because the, the, the problem with mental health is not just physical. And so I can't take a physical pill to try and fix or try to eradicate or try to help a non-physical and a multi-level disease because it's it's rooted in some heavy emotional layers. And another question I want to ask, like why do we trust men in white coats to have our best interests? What if we're deceived? What if that's all the doctor knows to give you a pill because he's not a qualified therapist? He or she did not you know, attend integrative seminars. They do not know anything but that pill that they're going to prescribe. Who is that person you're, you're putting your life with? And it's interesting because if you've ever heard of um, the Milgram experiment from a psychological perspective, we, it has those series of social psychology experiments showed that we have our obedience um in authority figures. So that's why I'm referring to as the men in the white coat. No, 
you know, or women in white coat. So in 1963, Stanley Milgram conducted an experiment on obedience to authority. So he placed a man in a white lab coat and he was instructed um, an unsuspecting teacher to deliver electric shocks to a learner. Anyways, that, that, that experiment showed that regardless of that person's reaction to the electric shock, the horrible reaction to the electric shock, they put their obedience to the men in the white lab coat that wasn't even a doctor. And that result of the experiment made news worldwide. And they, they, you know, they showed that almost two thirds of the subject being capable of delivering painful, possible lethal shocks, regardless of what they see in front of them, but just answering to that man in a white lab coat, right? So I urge you to release the stigma with mental health and get real help, not just from a pill that numbs you, not just from a drink that detoxify your liver, but really get help. And some things that I wanted to share are um, grounding, finding love, finding time to spend in nature, meditation that we... um, we mentioned before meditation or apps like breathe headspace neurofeedback i use with all my clients and in fact hollywood companies uh, they do employee-led groups and also digital platforms to help their employees um, they give complimentary access to the meditation app that we mentioned um, hulu and uta employees access uh, free virtual appointment with mental health specialists through an app um, NBCU, they offer guidance resources online 24 seven and so on and so forth. So, and also Pixar, uh, uses a new mental health benefits platform called modern health that, that includes online assessments and, uh, meditation library and therapist access. So these are some of the, the tools that Hollywood is using these days, which is incredible, I would also urge you to find your faith. For me, growing up in this mentally unstable uh, workplace as an artist, I found my stability um, listening to people like Joel Osteen, who is an amazing pastor, and being part of uh, Kabbalah. That has really been detrimental for my spiritual and mental health. Also finding a community, real friends, again, like I said, not drinking friends or party friends, but real friends, finding a compassionate practitioner or healer. Um, and as far as, you know, there, there are nutrients that can help reduce depression and anxiety. Again, consult your own doctor, but just in general, some things that we use at the mental health facility were omega-3 fatty acids. You can get those from Black seeds, chia seeds, walnuts, salmon. Uh, you can also get them in the form of EPA, DHA, with EPA uh, ratio being higher than uh, DHA. Make sure it's from a clean source because mercury is everywhere. Uh, vitamin D in the form of sunlight. If you can spend 20 minutes in the sun, just you know, sunbathe uh, and check your vitamin D levels, you may need to take supplements. 
um, folate B9 in the form of leafy greens, citrus fruits, beans, lentils are amazing. Iron can be in the form of leafy greens, spirulina from a good source, good clean source, um, or plant-based uh, supplements if needed. Magnesium, spinach, kale, nuts, seeds, almonds, pumpkin seeds, zinc, sulfate um, is my to-go-to as supplements or legumes have a lot of zinc and then B12 with both coenzymes, methylcobalamin and adenosylcobalamin. Selenium is amazing, Brazil nuts, and again, fish. Um, magnesium, uh, lemon balm. I start my morning with lemon balm. It's, you know, you can take it as tea. I put it in my lemon water in the morning. It's uh, It just re relaxes the nerves and brain. Um, B-complex is something that I've, uh, I have taken on and off since I was a teenager. It really helped me, help my nervous system. Uh, L-Icene is a fantastic one. Um, ashwagandha is great. GABA. So GABA is really great. GABA is the natural SSRI, the natural Prozac. And 5-HTP for neurotransmitter and chemical support. Um, California poppy is great to break any addiction that you may be facing. Um, inositol or any supplement that contains it, um, it helps with mild nervous tension, vitamin C supports the adrenals, micro C is great, passion flower, uh, elderflower tea, uh, valerian can be really helpful, but if you have a sensitive stomach or sensitive nerves, then it may not be the best for you. Ginger is anti-inflammatory and can break addictions. Uh, you can do ginger water, so ginger, lemon, warm water and raw honey. Um, Barley grass juice powder and spirulina, we talked about it. These are really two powerful foods that have so many minerals that support the neurotransmitters and can remove heavy metals that your body may be battling from the body and the brain. Fennel is incredible. It is addiction-fighting food. It's got a lot of mineral salts. Um, if you are looking to make a healing drink, you can try fennel and celery juice and Anthony William talks extensively about drinks for your brain. You can check that out. Wild blueberries are highly antioxidant, um, considered to be the most powerful food on the planet and can be an amazing addition to your diet. Also, lowering the fat intake is crucial because it will help stabilize your adrenals and neurotransmitters and then allow your body to absorb more mineral, more glucose-rich foods. When I say glucose, I mean lots of fruits, lots of fruits, dates papaya, mangoes, all of that. So if you enjoy meat, just try to reduce it in half. If you are plant-based, try lowering the total amount of fat that you consume. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's it. I hope that I was somewhat at service um, for you. And it's really important to understand that the grass is not greener. <laughs> it doesn't matter what grass you're watching. Um, it is not. Uh, Hollywood is not um, at all um, magical or um, glorious. Um, when you go and be part of an environment that is less than uh, 
optimal for your well-being, you're just going to have to armor yourself physically, mentally, supplementally if needed, emotionally, um, and just be ready for the world. I mean, this is something that I also teach my kids, just how to how to acknowledge the fact that there is yin and yang, there is duality in the world, how to connect to the the better and bigger purpose of why am I here? And it is very clear to me at you know this stage of the game that it's more than booking another job. It's more than being seen at another event. It's more than walking the red carpet. There's there's a bigger purpose that is honestly slowly being revealed to me. So I am so thrilled that I can provide you know this free advice, non-medical advice to you. And if that touched you in any way, if it helped you in any way, please feel free to reach out. Um, our email is raising the new earth podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check it. Yeah, you can check us out on all uh, podcast platforms, including YouTube. So I wish you well, be well, continue being well. And um, yeah. And if you have any questions, please join the conversation. All right. See you later. Have a wonderful day, wonderful week, and we will talk with you soon. Settle down your chopper. Let the morning breeze caress your desire. Every night in my dreams, I hope for future life invites our worlds to collide.